I'm not sure if there's a word that is used more by the human race than the word more. Okay? We got to think about this. When we're kids, we use this word a lot. I am very familiar, having three small children in my house, how often I hear the word more. These kids, they eat dinner, and then they have their after-dinner snack, and then they say, can I just have a little bit more to eat? I'm like, give me a break, guys. But then I, maybe you remember back to when you were a kid as well, and, and you're thinking about, you know, maybe you were at the playground or at a friend's house or something, and, and uh, mom or dad said, it's time to go. And then you would say something like, can I just have two more minutes? Just two more minutes? Bedtime is the big one, right? It's bedtime. Go get your pajamas on. Can we just stay up for five more minutes? My kids are a little bit bolder at bedtime. Five minutes. It happens when we're grown-ups too, though, right? We're always thinking about more. Um, every morning, I wake up, and I think, wow, wish I could have had just a little more sleep, right? Then you're on vacation, last day of vacation, you're thinking, oh, I wish I could have just had one more day or one more month of vacation, right? More, more. It kind of rules over us. I want to talk today, though, about this word more. And what I, what I believe, you know, because I'm thinking about all that God has given to us, and I'm thinking about how generous he is, and how a lot of times, I know myself personally, and I think all of God's people, right, we're not as generous as we could or should be in response back to God. So there, there's a problem there. So what, what is that main obstacle that might prevent us? And I think that the biggest problem related to Christian giving is what I like to call the problem of more. The problem of more. So now you, you guys are thinking, you, you guys are like, okay, pastor, I've, I've heard some sermons about money before. So I'm trying to, just, trying to guess which way you're going with this one, which version of this sermon you're, you're going to go with. This is usually the time where I, I think I'm supposed to yell at you for being greedy, right? Can we, let's, let's, let's do that for a minute at least. You know, um, we, we think about, and I'm, I'm, I'm also being serious, but, you know, think about it in our American context in the 21st century. I know, like, every, everybody that I know seems like they're always getting nicer stuff, right? So we're all kind of, like, running around trying to get our dream this and our dream that. And, and then so many people that I talk to, though, or I hear about, um, it's like, you know, you get your dream job, and you get your dream house, and you get your dream car, and you get, take your dream vacation and all this stuff. And then like six months later, you're like, is this all it is? Right? There's got to be more. So that we have like this insatiable desire to keep having more and more and more. Um, that's definitely a big problem that, that we all have. We're all impacted by it. Um, that is not, though, the ultimate direction that I want to take us here today. It's certainly a problem, greed, we could call it. That would be one problem of more that we have, that we face. But I, I think there's even a deeper one, a more dangerous one, and that is the faith aspect, I believe, of the problem of more. The faith aspect. What do I mean by that? I'm going to define the problem of more for us today as we don't always trust 
God to provide more. We don't always trust God to provide more. And this can be a big issue. When I don't fully trust, I don't have the confidence that God's going to give me more when I need it, um, I'm not going to be as generous. I'm going to be a little more tight with what God has given to me. So we have to think about, you know, again, where, where do we get the things that we have? Well, God, um, Pastor Josh talked about this last week as well. God is the source of everything, right? Every single blessing that we have. Whichever T we're talking about, the time, the talents, or the treasure, it all comes from God. God's loaning it to us. He's entrusting it to us. We're supposed to be his stewards. We're supposed to manage these things well. Um, really, it, like these things are supposed to be you know, tools that we have to help us survive and even help us to be able to bless other people in this life. But we don't always look at them that way. Sometimes, and I, you know, I, I, I should say this, um, you've ever heard that like pastors are preaching to themselves sometimes? Well, sometimes, sometimes, all the time. But I'm, maybe I'm, you know, it's like I'm thinking, this is, this is my, my issue. It's a, it's a faith thing, right? And do I really believe that God is going to provide? Or am I actually putting my trust more in the stuff itself? the money, the possessions. And so if, I'm, if I get that mixed up, then I'm letting my money become the master of me. And Jesus is very clear on this when he, when he talks about um, how many masters you can have, right? We'll look at this verse again from Matthew chapter six. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. If you try to, the results are disastrous if you try to have two masters. You're never going to have two. If anything else is really competing that much with God, that they're going to take the top spot. So if you're always worried about more and where it's going to come from, if that's your constant focus, then money becomes your master. So if I'm always worried, if I'm always like hold, clutching my, my treasure tight to myself, th this then, it, it's not a tool anymore. It is something that I am relying upon. I'm relying upon it. It is my provider. It is my savior. I am trusting in it. I'm, it's, so, it's so backward though, right? Because I'm trusting in, in like the created thing rather than the creator, the one who's given it to me. I'm trusting in the gift rather than the giver. It doesn't make any sense, and yet we do it all the time, right? Jesus knows the hearts of people. That's why he's giving this teaching. You cannot serve both money and God. And so this, this becomes a difficult thing for us because if I'm, if I'm not trusting in God, if, if I have this problem of more, I'm always worried about where is more coming from. I'm gonna get my paycheck, and I'm gonna... I'm gonna have a death grip on it. I'm not going to be generous toward God or toward other people with it. You're going to have to pry that out of my cold, dead hands, right? That's a, that's a big obstacle to our generosity. If I'm not trusting in God, I'm trusting in this thing. I'm not going to be a giving person. I'm not going to follow the generosity of God. But when you trust in God to provide the more, 
then it becomes a, a beautiful thing when we give back of what he has given to us. It becomes an act of faith and an act of worship. It's an act of faith because I'm trusting that God is going to provide more. I'm, gonna, I'm trusting that he is going to do what he has promised to do. And I'm worshiping him, giving back of what he has given to me. Now, I, I, want us to, I want us to think about this from a different angle, okay? Because I know it's, it's, it is, does not come naturally to us. It does not come naturally to me to just trust in God to provide for all of my earthly needs. It's tough when you're, you know, you can, in theory, you're like, oh, God will probably provide. But when you're like in the, the midst of the uncertainty, it is tough. You guys know that. We all know that. But I want us to think about today when it comes to our spiritual and our eternal needs, um, do you guys trust in God for those? Your spiritual and eternal needs. Think about that for a minute. Well, think about this. What other, what other option is there? Who else, what else would take care of you for eternity, right? So do we trust in God? Maybe that's a whole other conversation, but do we trust in God for our spiritual and eternal needs? So I'm thinking about this. Like when I open up the word of God, now when you guys open up the Bible and you're reading God's word, um, do you, are you worried that he's not gonna have a word for you that day? Are you worried that like, oh, his promises had an expiration date or something? Uh, it's not gonna be, this page is not gonna be found. Are you worried about that ever? That there's gonna be no word from, no, of course not. You know his word is there for you. When you guys come to worship, you know, like, like a little bit later, in preparation to take communion, we're gonna have a time of like confession and you know, we're like con prayerfully confessing our sins before God. Are you worried that there's not gonna be any absolution remaining for you? Do you, as you're driving here, like I sure hope that God's got some, absolute, got some forgiveness left for me, hope it hasn't run out yet. No, of course not. When, when we come to the Lord's table, are, are you worried that like, oh, the body and blood of Christ for me is, is not gonna be there? Are, are we worried that God has a scarcity problem when it comes to his grace and his love and his forgiveness for us? No. We know that God, just as he has promised, he's giving us all things in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. He has prepared everything. He has given us every blessing for all eternity. So what does that mean for the earthly needs? At least the, the way I think of it, I think it's, it's way more difficult to provide for eternal needs. You know, God's kind of showing off when he does all that, right? It's way more difficult than providing for the earthly needs. So it just from a logical standpoint, it makes sense to trust in God than, you know, trust, trust in him for the earthly needs. That's the easy part for him. That's the short time frame, right? If God's gonna provide for your eternity, he is going to provide, just as he has promised, for all of your earthly needs. You know, thinking about Jesus' words in, in Matthew chapter six again, you know, he says, you know, your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. He takes care of the birds, he takes care of the flowers. He's gonna take care of you. Jesus is saying this because he, he knows, again, he knows the things that we struggle with. God is not like this, you know, out of touch, aloof heavenly father. You know, it's like, oh, wait, you guys wanted to be paid like every two weeks? Oh, I'm, 
you guys wanted to eat every single day? I'm shocked by that. You know, God's like falling out of his chair to find out the things that we need. No, no, he, he is intimately involved. He knows exactly what we need. And he has promised to provide every step of the way. And so if we know God, if we really know him, if we really trust in his faithfulness and his providence for us, then we will be confident. We will give back to him confidently expecting that he is going to sustain us in an ongoing way. Now, I want to take another look here, just read a few verses from 2 Corinthians 9. Paul writes these words for us. The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. So a lot to unpack there, you know, this concept of like being a cheerful giver. I think that's really, that's worth our time and our reflection. What does that mean to be a cheerful giver? What does that look like in, in my life to be cheerful? I know for me, and maybe it looks a little different for you, but I, I kind of, you know, when I, when I give back to God, I'm thinking, I kind of have a, like a little smile on my face thinking, okay, God, I'm trying to be like you, I'm trying to be generous like you, and you've promised you're going to take care of me. Let's, let's see what you're going to do. It's kind of a, that expectation, but it's that relationship that we have, right? As sons and daughters of God, we know who he is, and we know he's going to keep his word, so... Here you go, God, giving back to you. I know you're going to continue to take care of me. This is yours. Do what you will with it. It's not like he's, you know, coming to collect his tax from us or something. It's an act of faith to cheerfully give back to him. We sometimes talk about this uh, biblical concept of what we call first fruits giving. And this is like the ultimate act of faith. This is the ultimate act of, I know God, I know who you are. I know what you've promised. I believe, I believe you. This is giving right off the top. You know, this, we see this in, we see this popping up all over the place in the Bible, but first example of people giving something, we have Cain and Abel, right? Abel is a first fruits giver, gives God the very best. Uh, Cain does not. Cain was kind of hedging, you know, didn't know if he was going to get more good from God. Abel knew. Cain got in trouble. First fruits giving, though, is cheerfully and confidently giving back to God, expecting that he will continually provide more. It's not holding back and saying, well, God, I'm going to wait and see until you provide more. It's just, here it goes. I know that you're going to take care of me. Because God has taken care of us. He has given everything, and we want to be like him, right? He's our generous father. He, he's the one who gave all of himself Jesus gave all of himself, dying on the cross, to provide for your eternal future. And you better believe that he's providing each and every day of your earthly life as well. He's got you. And so later today, um, here as we've kind of wrapping up our few weeks talking about 
the generosity of God and our response back to him. Uh, there's, uh, you know, we handed out these commitment cards and everything last time, ways you can indicate, like, ways you can serve with your time and your talents and your treasure. There's a basket there if you want to return those on the way out of church today. There will be opportunities in the next couple of weeks to do the same thing, but I pray that God will, will really just help us to, to take a, a thoughtful reflection on all that he has done for us so we can think about how we can trust him for everything and how we can give back generously just like he has given so generously to us in Christ Jesus. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we pray for a, for a stronger faith in you, Lord. You've got amazing, a perfect track record of being with us, of providing for us for all things. Help us to continually trust in you and help us to be good stewards of what you have given to us here in this life. Help us be about your work and increase our dependence upon you day by day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.